Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Today, I have John Sterling. Uh, we had a little bit of technical issues, but that's what happens when we're doing everything remote these days. But I, I still appreciate us kind of working through it and making this happen. Thank you, John, for being here. Yay. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the hassle. No, 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 not at all, man. I mean, it's uh, the uniqueness of this business. I mean, like something that it really intrigues me uh, about you is that you built a real estate team uh, locally in the United States and then kind of had the, the gumption, the idea of, you know what, I'm going to move outside of the country and make this worldwide and still have the ability to have income coming through. I mean, it's when, when you talk about real estate, it's like, oh, you have to live in the area that you're working in. You have to. And I think that's for most realtors. And when I came across you, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a, a total uh, different way of looking at it. So I, thank you for being here. Well, hey, thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, so if, if let's say if you were in an elevator, right? I mean, this is a, a newer question that I've kind of thrown out to people. What's your elevator pitch? If someone goes, hey, what do you do, John? Well, I run an international real estate business, which means we help people buy and sell homes outside of their home countries. So, and most commonly, those home countries are the United States, the United Kingdom, or Canada. So, those are the main sort of sources of clients that we have. Now, being that there's, I mean, the laws vary from country to country, and it can be a little bit different from each place. How do you? Uh, I guess, guide your clients or help your clients buy in each country, yet not, I guess, giving them guidance, I guess, on laws or are you up to date on the different laws or how does that kind of work? Yeah. So there, um, I mean, how it, I guess a little background would be helpful here. So uh, in 2014, I moved to the UK to get Keller Williams started in the UK. So we opened up an office in central London. Um, and that was my first real exposure to the international real estate scene. So because of that, I mean, the, the company didn't have much of an international footprint at the time and there wasn't much going on in Europe. So um, everybody knew I was there. So anytime, uh, you know, U.S. clients, whether it was with Keller Williams or any of my friends with other companies, um, they would, you know, if like they say they have a client in Germany or a client in Ireland or a client in Italy um, and they would need some help. I would have to go investigate and be like, okay, like, what do the laws look like in Italy? Can we trust these agents? Like, you know, what's the scene? Do you need a lawyer? Like what, you know, it's like who speaks English, you know, all of these, all of these things. So that's kind of where it came from uh, at the beginning. So it started, I mean, really our business started out as a spreadsheet of <laughs> agents that I like and trust in various places around the world. Right. So, uh, and then it just kind of, you know, it's like it, after a few years, I left on uh, Brexit vote day, June 23rd, 2016. Said, you guys have fun. Um, I'm going back to the U.S. And when I did that, I didn't want to give up all of those relationships or that uh, that traction. So um, so that's when it got more organized. And I, I started to put together what is now uh, Espatriati, which is the Italian word for expats. But that was the dot com that was available. And we like it. Uh, so, well, so anyway, yes. 
Oh, sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, just rewind a little bit. I mean, because I, I think for a lot of people, when they're, it doesn't necessarily be out of state, out of country, but when they come to a new area, trying to find the right person to work with, and you were doing this, you had the extra layer of make sure first they speak English, then are they reliable? Then do they have the information, they have background. So what was your process like when you go to a different community, different area to make sure you're finding the right person in that in that area? Yeah, it was uh, at the beginning, it was a lot of trial and error. So um, it was kind of tough because, you know, there are, um, you know, first of all, so real estate licensing by itself is not common outside of the U.S. and Canada. So like most countries don't require a license of any kind. So if you want to be a real estate agent, you just print up business cards and say, hey, I'm a real estate agent. And congratulations. Now you can go sell houses. Good for you. Um, so that's kind of the first hurdle is like getting through that that noise. The fact that there are, um, you know, there are there are people in the business who might not have a full time interest or any sort of background or be interested in anything ethical. Since there's no real penalty. Right. For unethical behavior, um, it kind of drags down the whole industry in certain places. Um, so it was trial and error at first, but really it was the same sort of uh, process that I used in various places around the U.S. when I was doing this as a, you know, opening offices for a uh, previous company. And they, uh, you know, it was going and meeting people and just asking them, just being like, hey, it's like, who who should I know in town? All right. And then it's like, get a list of people. It's like, who should I know who's a good lawyer? Who should I know who's a good accountant? Uh, who should I know who's a good agent? And then on the flip side, I would also ask, you know, it's like, who should I avoid? <laughs> like who are the people that mm, it's like you wouldn't send your your you know your brother and sister to if they wanted to buy or sell something um so it just it takes a little time to to kind of build that that um that rapport first of all because they don't know who you are it's like you're just some strange person who showed up in their city and they're just like what are you doing here like you're on vacation it's like you're american you must have money why are you asking me these questions right um but, you know, it's like after a while and then you can get referrals from people that you already trust. So that's um, the bulk of our uh, what do we want to say? Like, you know, network growth at this point has been referrals from people that we already know and trust. Mm -hmm. And they send us, you know, it's like, hey, it's like we need someone in Bermuda. Like, you know, who do you know? Um, so we'll put it out to our network and see what they come back with. So you're talking about just ask asking people and now the people that you're asking, because I mean, if one person can have a bad experience with an individual and say, never work with that person or, hey, that person is the greatest person ever, but maybe they have some vested interest in that person. So how did you make sure you found the right person that was going to give you the right information? Or was it OK, if we keep on hearing these names, then we kind of go after them or. Yeah, it's not a perfect system. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it, like you you bring up a good point. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, it's like when I was first started listing and selling real estate, you know, if it was my second transaction, I probably screwed some things up and I'm not mm -hmm. sure that person loved me as much as they would love me today. Right. But it's like if someone only looked at one review from 2002 and it said, oh, it was like, he seemed kind of like he didn't know what he was doing. It's like, well, that's entirely accurate. And you know, I'm a different person now. So, um, you know, so I just hope that they look at the rest of the reviews from that point on and be like, okay, well, this, he seems okay. Um, so yeah, it's not like, again, it's not, it's not a perfect way to do it, but it's the best way we found just because there are, as you pointed out, there are so many variables, you know, it's the, the language barriers are a thing. The laws are a thing. 
you know, it's like I basically had gotten a crash course in uh, international law as far as like not just real estate law, but, you know, it's like estate law. I mean, it's like I know more about international taxes than I want to, you know, because all these things come up. It's part of the part of the deal. It's like especially when you're dealing with high net worth people who have, you know, serious concerns about, you know, it's like, OK, well, how do I leave this to my kids? Like, it's like, well, I can get citizenship in Italy, for example, but it's like my grandkids can't and I want to leave this house for them. So what happens then? So I have to go investigate all these things or at least find the person who knows those answers. Um, so that's been the interesting part. But yeah, the, you know, the referral based part of it seems to work best for us right now. Um, How, um, so let's say you're, you're dealing with I mean, when anyone listening right now, if you're a, any kind of business, right, and you refer someone out to another business, that plays a factor into whatever level of customer service they have. They kind of put that back to you. So when you're referring out to these other places and taking a chance on this realtor, this person, whoever it might be, how involved was your team, yourself in their process of kind of helping that person get to where they wanted to get to? Like, so um, each person like each person we're working with like yeah the, uh, yeah i mean so like i mean are you trying to vet it to make sure hey i want to make sure that your your guy that you're working with your realtor out there is doing this for you doing that for you okay they are fantastic or is it like okay yeah as a person you got them yeah there is um you do kind of have to chase it a little bit and i'm i'm ultra sensitive especially when it's a new person that we're working with um those are the ones that get like you know, like a little more micromanaging than others. Um, just because it's, you know, it's like, I don't trust them yet. It's like, I might trust, you know, like I might have enough trust where I can, you know, feel comfortable introducing them to my clients. And I kind of prep my clients for it too. It's just like, Hey, uh, it's like, you know, just so you know, it's like, you know, this person gets good reviews. We got a few different, you know, checked them out a few different ways. Um, but we have never worked with them before. So it's like, if you're comfortable with that, um, and you're comfortable letting us know if there's a problem, then we can go with that and that'll be fine. So, uh, you kind of lay the groundwork a little bit, kind of make them aware of it. And, and yeah, so it's just trying to be as transparent as possible. And I found just, you know, in my life, it's like, if you're just honest with people and you're transparent with people and that, you know, it's like, and they, it's, it's basically you're, you're giving your clients permission to, uh, you know, it's like, let you know if there's a problem. Instead of them just being quietly upset and thinking that you don't know what you're doing, you know, it's be like, just like, just like, Hey, heads up. It's like, we haven't worked with this person directly before. Um, they seem okay, but it's like, will you please let me know if anything sounds funny, right? If anything is weird, if they're not getting back to you on time, which is like probably our number one complaint from any of these clients, um, is that they just don't, it's not like timeliness is not the same as you find in the U S <laughs> so, uh, especially when you get into Europe, it's just like, just not something they do. It's just the way you just got to get used to a different pace. So even if it takes them two days to get back to you, that might just be normal business. Um, but your clients in the U.S. who are used to like instant responses from their U.S. agents are are going to have a different take on that. So, has there been a time where you were were burned on a referral or didn't go as planned or go there? Oh yeah, yep, yep. Just like in the U.S., like it's. Um, <laughs> It's tough. So the, yeah, getting burns again, that's a, that's a difficult thing to navigate because even a referral agreement, like if it's, you know, it's like having a legal document that's valid in every country is basically an impossible task, unless you want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars trying to get this done. 
because um, even where I'm sitting now in the, you know, the Republic of Georgia, the, the former Soviet one, not the one with the peaches, um, they, uh, it's like in order for a, 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 like a listing agreement to be valid, you need to go down to the public service hall, which is like their, it's like the, you know, city hall basically. And, you know, and have it notarized and have it registered with the city, a listing agreement, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, you can't just like go to someone's house and be like, yeah, and it's like, I'll sign your house, give me six months to do it. I'm charging, you know, 6% commission, whatever. Um, it's like, you can write all that out, but it's not enforceable unless you actually drag them down to the public service hall, get an appointment, get a notary, get it all registered. Mm -hmm. It's like, then it's something enforceable. And even then, if you had to enforce it, it's like the legal system is totally different. So a lot of it is... Um, it's just, you know, it's like you just got to have that level of trust and understand it's not going to be 100% hit rate. Like, we have to let some go. It's just like, you know what? It's like I did the best thing for my client that I could. Um, you know, that's that's the best you can do sometimes. So in the super sensitive places, like we have a few markets that we're, we're careful about just because we know that the the agents have a reputation of, of doing that sort of, you know, like what yeah. you're talking about, just getting burned. Um like we will ask our clients, especially if it's a buyer client, we'll ask them for a retainer up front. Just be like, oh, look, it's like if we, you know, what's, you know, it's like we'll we'll refund this at closing if we're getting paid on this deal. But if not, like, you know, it's like we're just asking for this as compensation for the work we do. Um, and, you know, it's like most of the time it's not even an issue. They don't even mind. You know, it's just like with the, with a little bit of care and explanation, people don't mind paying you for your services. You know, it's like they see the value in what we do. You know, it's like we're getting them most of the way there. Right. So it's it's not like it's just like you're sending them off into the ether and hoping that you get some commission someday. You know, it's like we're very hands on with a lot of it. So um, would you right. be comfortable saying what like what countries for if agents were sending out referrals to those different places, like which ones just be aware of or is it not? Oh, kosher? yeah. Well, okay. um, I mean, like where we first introduced this idea was when I was in the U.K., um, okay. It's a little better there now, but it's just, especially in central London, it's a, it's a tough business environment for sure. So mm -hmm. you really have to protect yourself and trust no one. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sad because it's like, I really, you know, I get it. I, I really value and enjoy the relationships I have in this business, which mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, it's like, why I got into it, why I think it worked well for me when I first got into it. Like, it's just how I do things. Right. So being in an environment where I can't be my natural self and just trust people, you know, I'm a, just a silly Midwestern boy. It's like, we, you know, we believe that people say what they're they're, they're you know, they do what they say they're going to do. And, you know, you can trust them. Handshake is good. You know, it's like that's I don't really need something in writing. I trust you. I know you. You can't behave like that in, in most places. Um, same way. It'd be the same. in uh, you know, Dubai, we've had situations there where you just get ignored. Um, and I think some of that could be a function of like the way the business is set up there too. Cause a lot of these places where, you know, people are screwing you over, like there might be some poverty issues, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I meant, I meant like, you know, I'm listing off two very expensive places to live. Um, but places where we're ultra sensitive is where, you know, it's like, we know that people are generally not wealthy. And if you're an agent in one of those, or, you know, positioning yourself as an agent in one of those places, like we can make a a good assumption that you're probably not wealthy, right? So it's like the temptation to um, be less than honest or to take opportunities to screw people over um, is higher in places like that. So, uh, you know, we examine each one case by case. Again, I don't like to spend a lot of time on it, on it, but it's like, 
you know, if we don't have a good relationship and we don't have people we can trust, then we're, we're sensitive about that and we take the right steps. So talking about a, like a young you, right. Um, mm -hmm. Did you always have a plan to go international or was it just getting to real estate or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like even getting into real estate is like that was a part yeah. of the plan. either. I just kind of stumbled into it. I was very lucky to stumble into it at an early age. And, mm. uh, you know, I was 22 or 23 when I first got licensed. So, uh, you know, I just happened to be OK at it. Right. <laughs> so and like it just kind of took off. So, um, yeah, there was no. No real plan to go international. The, I mean, the international plan started when I, again, showed up in London in 2014. Um, the original plan then was to spend five years in that role. Um, and after five years of living and working in the UK, I could apply for uh, dual citizenship. So I could be U.S. citizen and British citizen, which would have given me, you know, unlimited access to the EU. Because as U.S. citizens, you're, you know, the most parts of Europe, you're limited to a 90 days out of 180 days visit. Mm -hmm. If you're there for 90 days, you got to leave for 90 days. You can't just like do a border run and come back. Um, and they're very ferocious about monitoring that. So, um, so the most time I could spend in Europe would be six months a year, but it couldn't be a consecutive six months. It'd have to be three months and three months. Um, mm -hmm. And even then, if you if you're at like the 90 day mark every time, then you get flagged and they just stop letting you in. Then you become illegal, right? So, um, so anyway, so the, the whole plan was to kind of earn my way into EU citizenship so I could have unlimited access to European trips and visits and whatever else. Because I just love the stuff I love about Europe is uh, far outweighs the things I dislike. But uh, it's mostly the history. Like, I've always just been a big fan of history. And, um, you know, you can only go back a few hundred years in the U.S., but you can go back thousands of years in Europe and, like, check stuff out. So it was just a personal decision. It's where I wanted to retire someday. So it all kind of fit. Um, and then when uh, Brexit happened, uh, that plan kind of blew up. <laughs> so went back to the U.S. for a couple of years, got the base for uh, S. Petriachi going. You know, it's like that's when I started working as a as a as a coach in a serious way as well. Um, I'd done some coaching in the past, uh, but it was it became more um, as a as a you know fundamental part of my business when I got back to the U.S. Just because I wasn't interested in you know just continuing on with the I don't know. I just needed something new. Right. So, um, and the, you know, it's like setting up the international business seemed to be the right timing and I had the right background for it. So that's where all of this came from. Well, you, you talked about the idea of stumbling into real estate. I mean, what happened there? Did you have a family member in it? Was it something you just saw? Oh, was it no, I wanted to, I had been fascinated because of, uh, I mean, it was actually, I was handed a, a copy of rich dad, poor dad when I was in college, it was a new book then. Right. So right. I was like, Ever since that point, I was like, oh, I guess I should own real estate. Like, that sounds like a good idea. So I actually got licensed because I wanted to learn more about the business to, so I could become an investor. Um, and that was the whole, you know, the whole genesis of all of it. Uh, and then just realized, like, oh, I could make money as a broker, too. Like, this is okay. Like, I can, I can do all sorts of things in real estate. There's, the world is wide open. Uh, so that was the, you know, it wasn't part of a plan. I wish I could say it was. Just like part, you know, it's like moving before i even got to the uk i had moved all over the us as a young person it was easy to do but like moving all the time is exhausting that's a young person's game i'm not that not that guy anymore you can't be moving like that it's just it's just crazy i mean i'm glad i did it i had a great experience with it um you know and i kind of after a while i started to do it to myself 
it was based on uh, it was Jack Welch's biography. Jack Welch, remember the general, the GE uh, CEO who bought brought that company to great heights. Anyway, it's old now. I'm dating myself. But what they would do at GE, so every year, GE, everybody knows General Electric, big successful company. So every year, the bottom 10% of their managers would get fired. Whoever you were, didn't matter. So like every year, they just prune the bottom 10% of their managers. Um, and they would purposely take people out of their elements. So they would take their best managers or like the most promising ones and move them from one division. So they take them from like electronics and move them over to, you know, consumer financial services, like something they had no, you know, sort of background in or anything. Because at a certain point, it's like the, the industry knowledge becomes less important and it's more about your ability to manage and lead people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I was... I took that lesson and kind of did it to myself. Cause as you know, it's like, if you're working in a franchise system, there's no real like thick corporate structure that you need to like, there's no ladder to climb or something like that. It's like, it's pretty flat. So, um, but I, I like, I thought that lesson was valuable. I'm like, Oh, well I'm going to put myself in difficult situations voluntarily. Right. Mm-hmm. I had the freedom to, I had the desire to, I didn't have a family. So I was like, it's just me. Like I can pick up and move pretty quickly. Um, so I didn't have to worry about, you know, school years or things like that. So, um, so that's kind of what got me the background that got me the opportunity to go to London. Because when they open up the UK, it's just a weird place to be doing business. And mm-hmm. um, the folks that I was working with, they were asking around, just being like, hey, like, who's seen a bunch of weird stuff in the US? Um, and my, I guess my name kept coming up because I got a phone call. So they're like, hey, you should talk to him. He said it's seen a bunch of weird stuff. So. Well, so you were, when you first started getting going, you were practicing for yourself, I guess, for investments, but also helping individuals uh, for residential real estate, correct? Correct. Yeah. I did okay. some commercial stuff, but it was mostly residential focused. So, And how long were you in each community before, like, or how long were you in real estate before you transitioned to a new area? And then how long would you stay there at the transition new area? Like what, what was on average? Yeah, it was about a year per place. Um, sometimes a little faster, sometimes a little longer. I mean, the model was, this is also when the company that, uh, I was working with, it's like, we, we were opening up offices like crazy. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when I joined the company in 2004, we had about 29,000 people in it. Um, you know, it's like the next year there's like 50,000 people. So it was growing like nuts. So it's like, they had all sorts of opportunity and they needed someone who could kind of, you know, parachute into these markets, who knew the business model well enough and could mm-hmm. explain the idea to the local community and teach them, you know, it's like why like this was a better option than where they were. So, you know, I liked that sort of thing because it was, you know, intellectually stimulating for me to go to a new place and learn kind of new customs and new rules. Because you say like residential real estate and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's simple, but it's like that's normally people only do that in one geographic area. So there's certain rules, certain customs. It's like you're in Southern California. So I yeah. lived in Southern California for a while. It's like even in California, like Southern California and Northern California, as far as real estate is concerned, they mm-hmm. operate totally differently from the brokerage side of the business. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys have escrow companies. Northern California is like, what's that? Like, they don't have a clue, right? Same state, same laws, right? But there's, so there's no difference there. It's just the local customs and sort of how things are done. So you can imagine the differences that show up when you start going across state lines. Um, Even the mindset of what a one person can accomplish in units, I mean, per year, I mean, it's, it it changes from community to community now. So you were talking about the idea of, so basically two years as a uh, a realtor, 
selling stuff. And then you started to get into coaching or uh, I guess prospecting for agents for brokerages. Is that kind of roughly? Yeah. So the, I mean, the coaching part of the business was always a part of my role. So it's like when I show up at a new place, you know, it's like I'm basically the local CEO, right? It's like I'm ultimately responsible for the successful success or failure of this thing. Um, And if you're working with, you know, residential agents, like you have to be providing some value to them other than just money, right? It's like we did have a good financial model, but the money part was important as in it's like, how can I teach them to make more money? So I had some very good training on that and was able to use those lessons to teach these people how to do this. So I'm like offering classes, you know, and the one-on-one coaching was the stuff that I really enjoyed because I could get to like higher, you get a little deeper knowledge about these situations instead of just giving them, you know, sort of the, the checklist of things that every successful agent does. It's like, you can get into kind of the nuances of like, all right, well, how do you build a team? So you're not working 80 hours a week. Like, you know, it's like the, Things like that. So, um, so that's where the coaching showed up, um, which again is like it's it just kind of ties into everything that we do these days. Um, you know, it's like it's a it's it's not necessarily coaching for cash. I still do some of that. I have some great clients, um, and I you know it's like those are those are those are wonderful people, and I love them. Um, you know, but I I cap myself at ten total coaching clients at one time. Mm-hmm. I just feel beyond that. Um, I get too scattered and I can't give them the time and attention they need or deserve for what they're paying me. Um, but it's like every agent inside the network that I'm working with, it's like they're getting free coaching from me in some way. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like they're working with my clients, like I'm checking in, I'm giving them tips, I'm giving, you know, sending them articles, you know, it's like we have long conversations when they have problems. So that's kind of where the two blend together. So I kind of like the, you know, it's, it's totally different roles in the business, but I like that they touch each other uh, because it just provides some variety for me. You know, it's like I like the, the stimulation of, um, you know, the problem solving and the guidance and the leadership that that, that, that provides. So the um, age factor, right, because you're prospecting, trying to get agents in and then offering coaching. You were, I mean, early 20s, mid 20s, kind of doing this when you're starting. And it seems like, I mean, back then, probably age was more defined, I guess, in real estate. And so that oh, yeah. seemed like it probably a hurdle you got to work with. So oh, yeah. <laughs> how were you, like, were you were getting frustrated talking to like older agents that were in the business for a long period of time? And then you were trying to prospect them and they were just like shooing you along or what was yeah, that? Like, why like? would I to you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it was funny because when I start, I mean, the first, um, sort of management role that I had with a company that like Keller Williams, this Mm. is in Chicago, this is 2004. Um, So I took over an existing office that had 110 agents in it. Um, So there were people in that office. I showed up as the managing broker, like sales manager, the whole nine yards, right? So I had ultimate responsibility for this thing. And uh, when I showed up, there were people in that office who had been working in real estate longer than I had been alive. <laughs> so, and it's like, I'm the new boss, right? So it was a pretty interesting few days when I first showed up. Uh, but after, like, once we got to know each other, it was fine. Like, once they'd figured out that I did more deals than them, you know, the previous year, they're like, oh, okay, maybe he's got something to offer. Um, and again, it's like, it's the Midwest. They're friendly people. So it's like, I think they were very forgiving. If I tried to do that in a tougher place, I'm not sure it would have worked so well. Um, even though it was Chicago, Chicago can be tough, but um, it was a great group. 
So, um, but yeah, there, like, as it was expanding, like we had, you know, very open and honest conversations. It's like, I wasn't just young. I looked young. Right. It's like, mm. I'm 42 now. It's like, I still think that like, I'm, I'm, you know, younger looking, although the white hair is starting to show up in a big way. So uh, it gives me some street cred now that they can see the gray, but, um, but anyway, so we had very, you know, like, it's like, if it was an extremely high end, like luxury market, um, and it's a bunch of old white haired people that are running the town and they've been doing it for 30 years. They're like, we probably shouldn't drop you in there. It's like, we should probably mm -hmm. do somewhere else. Um, and I, I understood. It's like, I agreed. I was like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. So, um, yeah, it took some time, but it's like, you know, after a while, you know, it's like, this is, you know, we're coming up on 20 years in the business now. So, um, you know, my experience kind of, I'm confident enough. And if people talk to me, they understand it's like, okay, it's like, he understands what he's talking about. So it's not so much of an issue before, but it certainly was, you know, and I had some good, good mentors too. I mean, one person that was wonderful for me was the CEO of our company at the time was Mark Willis. He was, uh, cause he started in a similar sort of position. Like he was in his, you know, twenties, you know, as a high profile manager of a real estate company and, you know, grew the thing like crazy. But, uh, you know, it's like, he told me similar things along the way. He's like, Hey man, it's like, you just gotta be careful about where you go. Right. It's like, don't set yourself up for failure because it, you know, it's like you have so many things working against you. It's like we we don't doubt that you're you know capable. It's like you've shown that you can do this stuff, but just don't, you know, don't set yourself up for for difficult situations unnecessarily. I was like, well, that was good advice. So was there um, I mean, kind of from where you are now and to from where you started, I mean, are there moments or a moment that you remember that was just. I mean, so frustrating that you were kind of like in the ruts and like thinking about making a change or anything like that come about or that you can remember. I mean, I want to get out of real estate every single day. So I think about, <laughs> changing, all, I think about changing all the time. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, I like I mean, I like the yeah, I have my hands in some other stuff. I've done some startup investing and been an advisor for different startups. Just again, it's like the mental stimulation. Like that's not full time stuff for me. Um, you know, it's like the, um, so along the way, it's like, I found various things that have been, um, you know, stimulating for me while I maintain the real estate business. Um, so that, you know, I guess the most frustrating parts have been, um, you know, in, in, uh, like the UK was certainly frustrating for a while. And that was, that was just because it was a different culture. It's like, I didn't know anybody, you know, it's like, at least I spoke the language different than Georgia. Georgia is actually easier because I've gone through this process before, but you know, in the UK, it's like, they don't even like all the agents there are salaried. So they're not, they don't want to talk about a hundred percent commission thing. Um, so like there was, you know, and even just the culture in general outside of real estate, you know, it's like you, you talk to a British person, which you get to love them after a while, by the way. So I don't mean to be criticizing them. It's like, it's just the way they operate. And you talk, you ask any of them and they'll agree with me. It's like, they'll give you 10 reasons. They show up with a new idea. They'll give you 10 reasons why it's not going to work. Right. And it's like, and it's like, well, I'm just focused on the one way that it will work. Uh, and that's what we did. Right. So that was the, you know, I eventually got there, but it was frustrating just trying to get through that, that noise. Um, so, um, what, yeah. What drove you to keep expanding and keep kind of pushing yourself to, to the limits? Um, I wish I could say it was part of a grand plan, <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't like the, you know, I think I'm just, I've always been my own worst critic. You know, there's, 
you know, my parents have told me that since I was a kid. They're like, you just need to chill out every once in a while. I was like, stop. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't take time to celebrate the wins, even though I'm told that I should. It's like coaches that I work with that are like, can you just like stop and like celebrate this for a day and just like not, you know, be asking what's next. I'm like, well, I'd love to, but in my, like, I'll pretend that I'm doing that. But in my mind, I'm like, what's next, right? It's like, what's next? Mm -hmm. So I think some of it is just internal, you know, it's um, just how I'm wired. You know, I wish I could say there was, you know, some, some other thing, you know, it's like, but I feel that, you know, it's like now it's like you make decent money. And I feel like if I have the capacity to make this kind of money, then, that's great. It's like, I just need to be thinking bigger about how I'm giving that back. Right. So it's like, if my needs are handled. It's like, it's, it's irresponsible to just like kick back and relax. You're just like, Oh, I have enough. I quit. I'm going to the beach. Right. It's like, I just don't ever see, I'm not the, I just don't ever see, I could do something totally different, but I don't ever see like, like quitting work is not a goal. Right. And it's like, okay, well, it's like, I've been given some gifts and I've been very lucky and I've had some great mentors and just, had got a great situation in life. So, you know, it's like, why not push harder so I can give more? It's like, it doesn't, you know, at some point you just got to say enough's enough, um, you know, and anything in life. And then, you know, it's like, it's, there's, there's more to, there's more to it than just collecting for yourself. It's got to be, you know, something driving you beyond just like fancier car, bigger house, any of that nonsense. So it's like, you know, it's like I've been spending most of my time thinking about like, all right, like what, what causes are the most important to me? If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, like what, what things do I want to live on beyond my life? So. Well, talking about the, the future, talking about basically, I mean, what's next, uh, what you're going to do. If we were talking, let's say in five years from now, where do you plan to be? Where do you plan to have your company? Where do you plan your nonprofits to be five years? Yep. Well, that's a good question. My um, my wife and I are in the process of moving to Portugal, where we plan to stay for the long term, at least have a footprint there for the long term. Like ultimately, if we spend, you know, most of our year in Portugal, um, then it's easy for us to move around. Um, easy flights back to the U.S., you know, easy moving around Europe. So it's a good central location for us. So that'll be the hub. It's like, I mean, I plan to be a U.S. citizen forever. And, you know, it's like they're a lot of things to love about the U.S. and you know I don't have any any issues like that. It's just uh, you know we just see that we have this opportunity to kind of be uh, you know in a in a wonderful place, and you know it fits fits a lot of things that are important to us. So um, and there's some interesting tax advantages for setting up nonprofits there too. So so that's another uh, you know consideration. It's like okay, it's like well we should be thinking longer term than I have been, even though I still think I'm young. It's like, we never know, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed so, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's definitely uh, uh, funny. So I'm, I'm 38 and I was watching, uh, uh, I think it was Santa Claus the other day uh, for the holiday season. And I realized um, Tim Allen was 40 in the, the, <laughs> the, the movie. I was like, Oh, fair enough. I, yeah. And I never put two and two together, but. Oh, yeah. Well, the weird one for me was when I was old enough, like when I started having birthdays, like I remember my 40th birthday, right? And uh, I was like, I remember my father's 40th birthday. Like, I have <laughs> memories of this. I was like, huh, this is this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, it took some getting used to. It. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. So, uh, yeah, just that's just life, you know? It's like better than the alternative. So. 
if someone's listening right now and maybe they're, they're newer to real estate or thinking about getting into real estate, I mean, is there a piece of advice that you give them? Yeah, I mean, I would say the one thing I wish I would have done more of when I was new into business was seeking out like mentors, mm. like spending more time with experienced people in the business. Because that, I mean, whatever you're doing in life, real estate or otherwise, like that is the best shortcut that you can find. It's just like, go find someone, you know, who wants to give back, right? Because mm. guess what? It's like successful people in general, they want to give back. You, you Like, and you got to be smart about it. You can't just like ring them up to be like, hey, will you be my mentor? It's like, it doesn't work like that, right? It's like, you got to kind of like finesse the situation, work your way in, show them that you're serious, like give them some reason. It's like, you can't just show up and be like, give me all your knowledge, right? It doesn't, that's not going to work, right? You got to be... You know, it's like giving them something they want. Um, like maybe they want to give back and they're looking for someone like you. It's like, okay, we'll make yourself the best candidate. Like what would that look like for you, right? Yeah. Show up on time, do what you say you're going to do. You provide value outside of just, you know, doing what you're told. You know, it's like, it's, it's um, you know, that would be the number one thing that I would suggest for just about anyone, uh, real estate or otherwise. It's just like, go find someone in your field, what you want to do, right? Find a way to you know, provide enough value to them. So they become a mentor and they might not become a mentor from the beginning. Right. It's like, you could just start out being like, Hey, can I buy you breakfast and talk to you about your experience? People love to talk to them about themselves. I mean, you have a podcast, you know this, right? Well, so. it's, I mean, you're, the way you talk about it, true. I mean, it's so true. Most people that have got there are willing to help someone that actually wants help. The thing is, is as from, I've seen a lot is a lot of people that say that they want help or want that mentor really don't show up. So they say right. it, but they don't do it. That's a very good point. So I have seen that too, where it's like people will, they're, they want a mentor because they think it's the easy button, hmm. right? They think it's like, now, to be fair, it is easier than trying to figure it out by yourself and reinventing yeah. the wheel every step of the way. But you're not going to win any friends by just trying to do the least amount of efforts right with your your new mentor right it's like it's not going to do it so um so yeah so that's a that's a very good point that you bring up so it's like if someone's looking for a mentor and it's like guess what successful people aren't dumb so it's like they're going to know pretty quick if you are serious about it or not and they're probably going to test you before they agree to investing a whole lot more time with you so you know it's like they could be testing you maybe just at the beginning or maybe like every step of the way you don't know it's like successful people have very high standards. So you just need to bring your standards up. And if you don't know how to do that, you can ask for help. But it's like pretending that you've got it all figured out or just like, just like oh, like knocking off at 2.30 2 every day. It's just like, oh, I've had enough. I'm going home. It's like, that's not going to get you very far. So uh, anyway, that would be the one thing I would say. The second one, which is, uh, I know you didn't ask me to give two, but I'm going to give two. <laughs> that's overachieving right there. Yeah. Second one is to read books. Not Facebook posts, not Twitter, like not TikTok. It's like books. Mm -hmm. So just read like read a book a month, right? It's like that's more than most people, right? It's like, and if you get into it, you can read more, especially now with like audiobooks. And it's like, go to like it doesn't even have to cost anything. Like your library, your local library for free will have audiobooks of like all sorts of wonderful information, right? And they don't all have to be like business books or, you know, like stuff like that. You can read fiction and learn things, right? Like, so it's like, just 
but just make it a habit to read. It's like every single successful person that I've ever met in any field, they are avid readers. So it's like read. And again, not Facebook, not Twitter, not blog posts. So true. And I think Audible, I, I want to say I pay like, I think it's $7 a month for like one book every month like that. Or I, I forget yeah. what it was, but. Um, $7 of accountability every month. Like, exactly. Yep, we'll take, we're taking your money, so I hope you read it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if someone's listening right now and uh, they're looking to join your network, if they're looking to, to reach out to you, maybe they have a referral they want to give to you for one of the areas that you're in or uh, just kind of pick your brain. What's the best way of them uh, following? Um, I can, I mean, the so our website domain name is hard to spell, but I can give it to you. It's Espatriati is how you pronounce it. But it might be in the show notes. So I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the Italian word for expatriates, so expats, okay. so people who live. So, e s p a t r i a t i dot com. Um, Twitter is also a good place to find me. Although I'm mostly, even though I told you not to read Twitter, it's like I read Twitter and books. So don't, <laughs> don't, don't come and fight me because I know you want to fight me because that's what happens on Twitter. But if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Mister Sterling, but you have to spell out Mister. So at M I S T E R. S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G. And uh, I'll respond there. Perfect. Well, thank you, John, for being here. Hopefully everyone listening got some some great nuggets. You know what? If, if you're in real estate, but you're looking to, to travel too, hey, you never know. The past can happen. Anything's possible. You just have to have the, the want and the will and the ability to, to take that chance. Thank you, John, for, yep. for being here again. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.